0: Welcome back to the Game Recognized Game Podcast. I am your host, T Clean TV, and today we have a super special guest. Now, I say they're all special, but this one's just a little bit more special. We're taking a look at content from a different perspective, from the management side, and I'm going to share a little backstory with you of how I know this person. This person manages some of the biggest names in esports today. He was the chief uh, talent officer for the biggest esports organization, Faze, for for those of you guys that want to know. This brother is an advisor. He's a talent evaluator. He's a consultant. He's a manager. He's just a world beater, man. This guy is everywhere, okay? This guy is everywhere. Um, So for those that don't know, I'm talking about my boy, Darren. Darren, Welcome to the my game, my man. Game podcast, brother. Thank you for having I me, man. What you. an intro, yeah. man. Yeah, hey, you know what? You gotta tell it like it is. Hey, you know what I mean? I you're, appreciate you're, that. You're definitely a world traveler. You know, I follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I've been yeah. seeing you waking up on different continents for the last, <laughs> you know, what month or so. You've just been everywhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been. Uh, look, we can really get into it. I'm sure we're gonna have a topic about it. But right now, I'm really focused on like the global aspect of what I'm doing now, I feel like for the last, you know, 15, 20 years of my life, obviously, um, in LA, in Hollywood doing that thing, but, uh, the world is changing, man. Yeah. Rapidly. And so I I just want to be at the forefront of that. And, 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 um, to be honest, kind of resurging my passion for finding about new things. Right. Right. I think I've always been about that. What is the next thing that's going to be popping? You know, right. because before I came into esports and gaming, uh, you know, I was very, very early to manage the first generation social media influencers, okay. right? Okay. And before okay. that, the first generation YouTubers, right? right. So. Right every single time i've been just so fascinated about like what what's the next era of entertainment look like and uh-huh. to me it's 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 international
0: yeah 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 you're definitely an international guy a uh, global yeah. i mean literally i've been seeing you everywhere i've yeah. been seeing you in dubai i've been seeing you and and i think where you went to singapore singapore you, you thailand been, yeah. yeah you've been everywhere yeah all right so you know i want to get started at the beginning sure um for the people that don't know who you are like i said this is darren man he's a he was, at one point, the chief talent officer for FaZe Clan. Basically, this is the person that you had to get through to join FaZe. Okay. <laughs> so that's why this interview is super special, but also super important. So you guys can see something from a different angle. All right. So where did you grow up? I was born in Toronto, Canada. Okay. Um,
1: born and raised there my entire life. Went to high school there. Went to college. Uh, undergrad there. Um, and then I moved to L.A., um, around 2008 2009 okay um, at that time I was just graduating college um I went to school for something completely right. not tied to what I do now ah. um, I went to school for um, business but I specialized in human resource management okay. okay um at that time I was like oh you know HR is is working with people you right. know and right. I was like I think I'm a good people person but I didn't I didn't think I fully understood like HR like was like an administrative kind of really kind of paper pushing kind of role back then when I was in school. But I've always had a passion for entertainment. Okay. Um, And in high school, um, there's this HBO show that came out called Entourage. Oh, yes. And so uh, I was immediately thrown into I want to be a part of that world. I don't know how. Okay. Um, Ari Gold was like a god to me back then as like a 17 18 year old kid um and i was uh i was like i don't know how i'm gonna do this but you know i'm gonna find a way right and so you know my freshman year of 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 college and 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 sophomore you know i was looking at opportunities more so like wall street more business banks that kind of thing you know that was what uh what my family and my parents expected Uh me to do right um, but on the side, you know, I went to a Best Buy and I picked up like a handheld camcorder okay. and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to learn everything about production and shooting and, and all that. So I actually picked up on my, um, uh, my junior and my senior year, I actually minored in, uh, in film studies, okay. which is also something that I'm not in either, but right. it did get me in, you know, uh, inter- entertainment. And so I was you know studying like film theory and things of that nature, uh, watched every movie you can think of from, like, the early 1900s all the way up here. Um, so really understood kind of more the production and art of of filmmaking. Um, and from there, um, I decided I didn't want to, you know, work or intern in Wall Street or, or for a big business or, or bank. Uh, so I started to shoot music videos for local rappers. Okay, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I did that for, like, a summer. And, and as you can expect, I mean, those were, like, pretty... God awful videos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when you're starting out, everything yeah. is a little bit, you know, kind of a learning. Curve. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And it was not, no, not, no
1: special equipment. Like I said, I went to a Best Buy and just picked up like a handheld camcorder that you know your your dad would have right. used to shoot you as a kid. <laughs> yeah. um, so I did that for a little bit. I kind of learned the ropes. I, I I ended up interning for um, a produce a pretty well known producer in, in in Toronto at that time, um, and he was shooting for literally every Canadian artist that you can think of. Okay. And then also um, American artists whenever they were touring through, through, the, through Canada. So I really learned um, and, and worked with some pretty big names, um, at least in the, in the Canadian market at that time. Um, but, you know, from time to time, as, you know, I started to do more of the productions, I started to get more responsibility, moved in from just being an intern to be an assistant producer to then producing. Um, but then in, uh, you know, about a year or so later... Um, you know, entertainment really changed. Right. Um, so, you know, probably the era that we grew up in, yeah. you know, MTV, VH1, yeah. BET is always about music videos. Um, around 2007, 2008, that all changed. You know, MTV started to show less music videos and it was more about reality TV shows and yeah. Jersey Shore. And, and so really quickly I, I learned that, um, you know, oh shit, like I, I clearly can feel budgets getting cut. Uh, major labels are not spending as much money. Um, and yeah, music videos were, were becoming a dying art. Um, so I was like, okay, shit, what do I do next? Uh, but through the kind of the, the, the couple of years that I was doing that, I obviously um, had a knack with working with, with talent uh, on set. Um, and I kind of just built my relationships in that world. Uh, and I decided to then uh, say, you know what, I'm gonna represent TV film actors. So I actually moved from Toronto to, to LA. Uh, this is around 2009. Um, and this is where my, my life gets pretty crazy. It's really interesting. Um, you know, I, uh, ended up, you know, in the mailroom of a lot of different talent agencies. And then I ended up, um, for a couple of years, uh, with my former, uh, mentor and boss. Uh, her name is Joanne Horowitz. Um, and she had a boutique management company. It was just like a, a two man show was her and her assistant. Um, and I was brought in. Um, but what was interesting was, um, she was, Kevin Spacey's manager for his entire career. Okay. Um, And why it got interesting for me was, you know, at that time when I had started with them, Kevin had already been on top of the world, won every award you can possibly think of. um, And he was really just doing, you know, kind of passion projects at this time. Um, And so, you know, he had done, you know, some more, you know, rom-coms like, uh, I forgot what it was called with Jennifer Aniston, um, Horrible Bosses. Okay. Love that
0: movie. Yeah, well, great, was like, great, yeah, movie. great, great cast.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, it was fun. But that was kind of like the last project, at least when I got there, that he had shot. And then he ended up, you know, going to, to London and um, he was working um, uh, theater. That oh, was okay. his real passion, which, right. by the way, as talent managers, we didn't eat off of that because, you know. That, that was his own thing, and then right. obviously he started his own uh, production company as well. So he was producing some of you know the biggest movies at that time, Social Network, mm-hmm. um, you know, a, a lot of those different things. So he 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 was doing less of the acting thing. Um, but then um, this script came across our desk. Um, it was called House of Cards.
0: Oh, yes.
1: So. Um, Really funny story for those of you that don't know. Um, obviously, I, I assume everyone watching uh, has a Netflix account. Yeah, you have probably seen hundreds of not thousands now of Netflix uh, original series mm-hmm. and movies. But House of Cards was actually the first one ever.
0: I didn't know that House of Cards was the first one ever. I knew it was a Netflix original, but that was the first, first one. one ever. And that's something that you worked on. Yes.
1: So that was the that was kind of my first foray, actually. So um, I read the script um, and. You know, obviously, his agent at CAA obviously loved it as well. His uh, my, my boss at that time also loved it. Uh, it was also a show that was already a hit in in the UK on BBC. Um, and, you know, Kevin loves the UK. He's actually knighted by the Queen. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he dwells out <laughs> sir there. Kevin Spacey, yeah, okay. sir, sir Kevin Spacey. Yeah, Sir Kevin Spacey. I mean, and we can go into all the other stuff around him, but, like, that's why my life got really interesting. Right, right. Um, But, yeah, it, it actually took... Quite a while to actually get Kevin on board. Okay. Uh, Naturally, you know, this is someone who's done, you know, hundred million dollar budgets, big screen. um, For anyone to say, okay, I'm going to go back to the small small screen, and not just like network small screen, a streaming platform that no one has ever done. And so there was a lot of hesitation as to uh, for him to actually join that. Um, But then uh, you know, a couple of months later, there was some redrafts of the script um this writer called bull uh named bull willimon that kevin knows very well uh rewrote the the pilot and then uh david fintry came on board to direct okay that kind of changed things um and yeah so from there is the rest is history i mean you guys know what happened with that show it exploded and that was it kicked down the door for netflix to um you know do what they do now now, what they do now before it was just dvds right right um, and kind of B-list movies, but that really kind of just launched everything. And so from there, um, I got uh, called and headhunted by this company at that time called Maker Studios. Okay. Uh, for those that you have been on YouTube or watched YouTube, you know, since that era, uh, you might know uh, or have heard of them, but they were the first ever YouTube network that okay. kind of um, represented, but also, you know, put all these YouTube creators together. Right. Um, and it was also the first network uh, that was created by creators, right? Right, they're all YouTubers at that time. Um, some of you guys might know who they are: Shay Carl, Timothy Delghetto, yeah. um, you know, th- people of that of that time yeah. started right. Maker Studios, and um, yeah, so they came to me and you know, um, primarily my job at that time was, you know, they they were like, hey, Darren, since you did this whole House of Cards thing, you must think like streaming is the future, right? And I'll be perfectly honest, back then I didn't know if it was gonna be the future um actually youtube uh the sentiment towards that platform um at that time for hollywood was we don't touch that that's that's for kids yeah yeah yeah. like you know like why would we do you know big budget movies and then care about kids who have shitty webcams in their bedroom like we're, we're not we're not playing in the same world right and uh yeah i remember when there was all these like web series or like youtube series um you know if, uh, for those of you who have ever re- represented TV film actors, um, you'll know this platform called Breakdown Express. I do know that. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. um, I remember back in that day when you would see web series on Breakdown yes. series, you would just not even look at it. I would right. submit none of my clients to right. it. Right, 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 right. Cause A, there's not paying and B, no one, no one at that time would see it. Right? Right. At least we thought. Right. And so I, I remember, you know, doing some rounds of interviews, meeting, uh, meeting with Baker, Um, and you know, primarily what they wanted me to do is, you know, help us like get traditional celebrities right onto YouTube. Mm -hmm. And, um, at that time I was like, I I don't know. I I don't know about that. Right. Um, but then they're just like, look, do do you watch YouTube? I'm like, yeah, like here and there, like, let us show you, um, one of the biggest creators, YouTubers that we work with. Um, and his name is PewDiePie.
0: Oh, at that. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: he, he was the king at that time and so i was watching and and watching a couple videos and and of course i knew nothing of what i was watching i was like who is this swedish guy Uh just yelling into a mic (laughs) yeah back then that's all he did that's all you did i'm just like i don't understand this and then they're like but darren look at the numbers right and then i was like okay i I have no idea why there's so many views but there are and i'm not going to be ignorant to the fact that these are real views so, you know, I took a leap of faith. I went from being at that time the top of the world working on House of Cards with Kevin with the hottest show, which, by the way, the only award up to that date that Kevin did not ever win was a Golden Globe. And he got okay. a Golden Globe off of, off of that. And so, like I said, I, I was like on top of the world. And um, I don't know why I took the leap of faith, but I did. Um, I'll tell you that my first six months at Maker was probably the hardest time imagine. of my life
0: because you're starting you're basically starting from scratch all over all the, over again right
1: and and then picking up the phones and, and and calling all these creators but also calling all my old network to 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 be like hey like so and so, you know, what are they think about YouTube? And no one cared.
0: So at the beginning, so at the beginning, I just want to understand. Yeah. At the beginning, it was like you had to cold call people to, to yeah. try to even get in the door. Yeah,
1: well, that's okay. that was my job. That was my okay. job was just cold calling both like emerging creators, specifically in focused on entertainment and comedy, um, and then obviously traditional uh, celebrities and 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 you know more traditional entertainment entities. At that time, like I said, no one cared. No right. one cared. Darren, like, we, we can't focus on this. This doesn't make us any money. Because that was right. the first thing everyone yeah. always asks. It's like, how much money are we gonna make? Right. And, you know, at that time, CPMs were just rolling out, monetization yeah. was just rolling out. Right. It wasn't even for everybody. And not only that, like you're not making any real money until you have an audience or even a subscriber base, right? right. So, you know, for celebrities, they're they're expecting money up front, From, yep. a lot of it, yeah. you know, and that time was like kind of the tail end of the golden era of Hollywood where you know, a lot of these celebrities were making mass, yeah, massive yeah, 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 money, yeah. right? Um so yeah, I was like, what the what did I do? Like why did I why did I take this leap of faith? But then, you know, six months, eight months later, my whole world became easier. Like and I didn't do anything. It's right. all of a sudden everybody wanted to be on YouTube. Everyone started to understand on their own that, okay, if we want to be in tune with the next generation of entertainment, this is where it's at. And so all of a sudden, all the people that were ignoring my calls are, not, are, calling are, are now calling me yeah. back, right? Yeah. And, and, and then everyone needed a strategy. Um, and so I was doing that for for like a year and, a, and some change, and I, I did really well at that. Um, but then I was, okay, what's next? And so um, that's when I started to look at other emerging platforms, right? And at this time... Um, it was, uh, uh, kind of a, an arms race of all new social media platforms. Right. Um, so Instagram popped up. Okay. Um, Vine popped up, uh, Periscope popped up. I remember Periscope um, too. There's another, I forgot what the other Periscope competitor, uh, there was another live, but, uh, you, you know, you now, like uh, there's so many of these platforms that just, just came up, which. Honestly, for the younger audiences, you guys on TikTok, there'd be no TikTok with any of, without or, any of the things without like Vine. Names. Yeah, so Vine was yeah. actually really interesting. I don't know how much I can share, but I, uh, uh, I there's there's a lot of people that always ask me about like what what happened to Vine. I was like, funny story. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, so, what happened to Vine? Yeah. So look, I, 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 it, just From the pe- people in the know. Uh, this is so funny because I'm wondering if anyone ever spoke out about this and. I don't really care now but because uh, it's been so long. But, yeah, so what had happened was, you know, I started to work with a lot of the top Viners at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually gave a lot of the top Viners, like, their first big paycheck. Okay. So everyone from, you know, the Lele Pons of the world to Jake Paul, Logan Paul, Rudy Mancuso, you know, Christian Del Grosso, like all these kids right. back in the time that were just super popping. Mm-hmm. Um, I had signed a, a few of them to, uh, to Maker at that time, which, by the way, I— uh, really opened up an entire world of new audiences, right? It went from YouTubers, right? To influencers. Creators was not yet a term yet because okay. creators came after that kind of blanket everyone. Uh-huh. But yeah, the social media term influencer really came with the birth of Instagram and Vine. Okay. Um, so yeah. So with Vine, uh, there's, there's a lot of learned okay. lessons there. Um, one, it, as you you know, and as many people know, that that platform exploded very very quickly. Yeah. Um, the viewership was as real as it, as it gets, but they had not figured out how to monetize on it. No one was being paid. Right. And then um, you know, sure there were a couple of uh, viners that learned how to do brand deals and things of that nature, but that was like their only source of income, which was kind of. Not not that many because once again a very very new, um, you know, thing to this world to the digital world like sponsorships on Vine, no one knew how to do right. that before. Right. That was not not non-existent. Sponsorships on Instagram, same thing. Right. Not it was non-existent. Right. We were just starting how to figure out branded integration on YouTube. Never mind these other things. So, you know, uh, fast forward, uh, Twitter acquired Vine, and um, with that. There was kind of like a, uh, 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 a coup, okay, (laughs) um, with the top one percent of viners because essentially they claimed that they are the reason why Vine is big, and why they got acquired, but none of the gum got paid out by Twitter. Right. (sighs) This is this is so funny. I don't know if anybody knows this story. Um. So, the top, I I believe it was like the top twenty at that time, Um, and they all lived. Um, in the same apartment complex called 1600 Vine. It was okay. on Hollywood and yeah, Vine. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. everyone, everyone. It was anybody I, that was anybody. anybody was anybody. That was it, in that in that. Every, building. And it was it, it was like a dorm, right? right? So like you had Jake and and Logan on one one door, and you had Rudy on the other, and. These kids would just be shooting all day, every day. It, it was like friends, like this, the 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 show. Right. They just walking
0: into each other's apartments and start shooting. So that was kind of essentially like the first content house, sort so to speak, pseudo content. Yeah, house. yeah. I mean, right.
1: like it, it was just so fitting because Vine Street, Vine right. app, yeah. and you know, and 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 they were at the height of their popularity. So you would go in there sometimes. Justin Bieber was in there. The, right. the Kendall Jenner was in there because they right. all wanted to be friends with the Viners at that time. Yeah. They were the hottest things. Like literally the hottest things, uh, but yeah. So they all banded together, um, and uh, they decided to uh, make a proposition to Twitter, and uh, pretty much they gave them an ultimate an ultimatum, ultimatum saying, "Look, you are going to pay all of us uh, x amount of dollars. Um, I'll put it at it was a seven seven figure right
0: number." Now did they want that individually yes, or as a group? Oh. Individually. Okay. Okay. Individually. Okay.
1: Right? So there's maybe like fifteen or twenty of them, right? And I remember I had this all going down. They all went they all went uh to the Twitter offices, like sat them down and right. be like, look, this is what's gonna happen. If you don't pay us, all of us are leaving fine. And um, you know, what I had heard was that I think they had agreed to some terms. Okay. But what had happened was it was only like 20 of them. And those are kids. Yeah. And you know, you know what we know about kids? They yeah. don't know how to keep their mouth shut. Exactly. And so the rumors start to fly that these guys went to Twitter to go get money. And then of course, there all these other Viners, the top yes. 100 or top 250 were like, right. no, we want in. Yeah. And um, once that started to happen, everything fell yeah. apart.
0: The deal fell apart. It fell apart. Yeah, yeah you, you couldn't do it. And yeah.
1: then the Viners stuck to the word. We're, we're not post we're out of here and and those the, for those that were smart enough to evolve and, and, and diverse into uh YouTube are still the ones that are probably relevant today. Yeah. I mean there's so many viner's I can think of right now that who knows what they're doing who today. Who knows what they're doing. Yeah, so yeah. they died with the platform, right. right? Um so yeah, that that was an interesting interesting time um with with Vine. Um but god, they 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 really fumbled the bag. That was such an amazing platform.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you, you always see these things where these big conglomerate-type companies are, and when they have an opportunity to continue on with success, it has to stop because someone drops the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah. And here's the here's the thing, too. It's like very early on, and this is where I came in, like a lot of these guys were unrepresented. Yeah. I mean, like who was who going to be like managing YouTube, I mean... Uh, social media influencers but no no one even knew what it was and not only that like they weren't really monetizing so you know um you know they did have like some lawyer friends and stuff that helped them but a lot of them were unrepresented as well at that time so um you know it it, it was a very very interesting and wild wild west i
0: can only imagine and that was your your foray into digital digital and being a uh uh, someone to manage people.
1: Yeah, so that's how I, I actually started my, my career um, in managing digital uh, personalities uh-huh. was, um, you know, soon after, um, around that period, we were courted by uh, Walt Disney. Wow. And um, we ended up selling um, or getting acquired by the Walt Disney for a billion dollars at that time. Ooh. Yeah, it was the, uh, the first, um, you know, YouTube company um, to be partnered or acquired by yeah. a, 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 another giant media company, um, you know our the, the competitors at that time full screen, you know they were with AT and T, Machinima was mm-hmm. acquired by Warner, uh, but we were the first with with Disney, um, and to this day probably maker may be one of the worst acquisitions that Disney has ever made because it no longer exists anymore. right cause you, you,
0: you the valuation was a billion dollars and that's just money that's kind of just yeah and also down the, the
1: and, and the 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 you know they're called MCNs but the MCN model uh, business model in general is is a race to the bottom and, and it was doomed to fail from the very beginning yeah um, but also what, what was the double whammy um, for me was, you know, once we got acquired by Disney, of course, everything kind of became disney
0: Yeah, know? you got to get squeaky clean, clean it everything up. Everything was about ABC
1: Family, yeah. about the Mickey Mouse ears yeah, and the princesses yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, for someone like myself, like, I, I do uh, have a tendency to work with kind of like the more edgy individuals yeah, yeah, and yeah. quote-unquote cool people yeah. and... You know, all of that kinda of started to slow down because we had to think about like Disney. Yeah. Um, but I was working with like rappers and EDM right. DJs right. and like, you know, people that don't have filters, you right. know, things of right. that nature. Um so then quickly thereafter I, I had left Maker uh, Maker or Disney at that time, um and I started to consult uh for a lot of uh the, the folks that I was working with at, at Maker. Uh, but then I also had this massive, expensive network of all these new creators right. and influencers. And like I said, at this time, still very early on. So getting deals and sponsorships was still not like a consistent thing. Yeah. Um, and because I was so early on, uh, I was kind of the first individuals in the, in the industry to start doing that. And yeah. so my consulting was also bringing some of these, these new deals to some of these influencers who had not yet been. Uh, represented or if they're represented i'm working with their with their managers right. as, and, and agents as well so i did that for 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 a little bit and then i consulted for some um emerging uh social media platforms um most of which failed yeah um that's kind of the like the game like a, a lot of my story there's a lot of failures
0: yeah but you know you yeah. you, you persevered and for in sure you are, yeah. You know? yeah and you know you were kind of. A, from what I'm hearing, bro, you were kind of on the forefront of a lot of things, you know, taking a lot of leaps of faith, believing in yourself yeah. to make something work.
1: Yeah. And, and that's another thing too. I knew everything was new. So right. it was, there's there was no blueprint. So yeah. there was an opportunity for me to create the blueprint. Yes. Right. And yes. I can make the mistakes and, yeah. and do all that kind of stuff. And it was so brand new as well. Right. Um, so after a, a little bit um, of doing that, I got approached by a couple of personal friends um, who ended up becoming my future business partners um, so uh, two of them actually came to me and knowing that I I'm experienced in, in working with talent and they they got, come to me and say hey Darren we, we want to start a talent management company and obviously with your experience we think that you should join us and at that time I actually turned them down and I said look guys I'm pretty pretty good with what I'm doing right now I've done the management thing in the past you know and you know back then there there were you know caps to what commissions were and so right. i was like guys like 10 15% is not a real business right you know i can't you know that that's not my thing um so then they end up coming back and um you know a couple months later and was like hey we want to refocus our business model into gaming and esports okay and i was like guys this is now far out of my element because before they just want to start a management company just, you know, wasn't really focused on any specific vertical. But, um, yeah, the, my friends at that time were major gamers themselves. Yeah. And so I was like, guys, I'm now out, out. Right. Because I know nothing about About gaming esports. They're like, do you know this platform called Twitch? I'm like, yeah, I, 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 I know what it is, but I, don't watch it. Like so back all.
0: then it was just, wasn't it just, just in TV? TV at yeah. That time, yeah. Justin right.
1: TV. I think they had just maybe at this very early stage had just changed to, Twitch, to Twitch. Okay. But it was still very so much. We're like TV.
0: 2011, 2000 ish time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so a lot of that and, 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 um, you know, uh, they, uh, they said, Hey, like take a look at this kid, um, on Twitch. He's the, he's the biggest streamer on the platform. And I said, cool, what's his name? Um, funny enough, his name was I'm a cutie pie. I'm just like, why does this sound so similar to my experience <laughs> right, with cutie Right, right. I was like, right. okay, cool. So this kid was um, uh, a former League of Legends uh, uh, pro esports player, um, turned streamer. And at that time, when I looked into him, he was streaming to like 50,000 people. He was right. the ninja, you know, okay. he, yeah, at that time. Yeah, right, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And League was the biggest game yeah. by, by, by far. I mean, and still to this day, it kind of sort of is too. Kind of is, yeah, yeah. But viewership wise, like that was that right. was the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I remember I was like, okay, cool. Let's 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 just have this chat with him. Let me just kind of dig deep and and, and see where, um, you know, where we could take this. And then um, they're like, yeah, there, there's there's something else we got to tell you. I was like, oh shit, like what else? So like these kids don't really like. Do phone calls or emails or even text messages. I'm like, okay, cool. What do they use? So they use a thing called a, a Discord, <laughs> and most people today don't know what Discord, Discord is. is right. But imagine back, back then, then. Yeah. Discord at that time when we were working with was like a four or five person team in San Francisco, right? right. Now they're fucking billions of dollars and and right. a massive platform. But back then.
0: Nobody knew what that was.
1: It, I mean, no one knew what right. that was. I was like, okay, whatever. Get me on this Discord and I'll chat with this kid. Right. And um, as you could expect, he was your typical, stereotypical gamer, at least that I thought. You right. know, was was very quiet, not talkative, um, barely looked into the camera when, when I, when I uh, uh, was speaking with him. Uh, long, yeah. natty hair, yeah, yeah. crispy white tea. <laughs> yeah. This guy does not go outside. Right. Um, and he just wasn't even really having it or wasn't really engaging in the conversation. Um, me trying to explain what uh, representation or management was to a whole industry that it never existed, yeah. it was a really hard thing to grasp. Yeah. So, you know, I uh, I then thought about, okay, what what kind of topics would actually start you know, getting him to talk, mm-hmm. and I said, "You know what? I'm mean, just gonna be real blunt. How much money do you make?" There you go. You know, and I remember what he said. And and, and at this time too, we had a an advisor slash talent. Um, his name is Scara. You guys might know him. He's a part of Offline TV, um, but he was actually the person that we spoke to first. He's like the John Madden of the league, okay. league world, right? Okay. He was a former pro, but became a commentator. Okay, and so he knew everybody, yeah. and he was the one who introduced. Introduced us to Cutie. Um, and I, I remember asking uh, him, I was just like, how much money do you make as the number one streamer on this platform? And I remember this so vividly. And he, he told us, you know, like, you know, like 40,000. I'm like, well, oh, that's not bad. Like 40,000 a month. And he's like, no, 40,000 a year.
0: I can't even imagine.
1: I was like, so you're the number one guy streaming to like forty, fifty thousand 50,000 people and you're making f- almost damn near poverty line yeah that i mean yes and so i looked at my i remember after that meeting calling my my friends i was like i'm in not because i know anything about esports or gaming but because i understand data and opportunity yeah and so basically i what we said to him was like look if i could double your annual income will you take a chance at working with me and being managed by me. Um, and he goes, yeah, but, you know, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Um, um, and I love telling this story um, because um, I always ask people, ask me ask me how long it took to double his annual income.
0: How long did it take you to double his annual income? 13 hours. Sheesh.
1: So I re- it, it was funny because at this time um, I had a, a, a colleague that I remember – Who had asked me if I had any inroads to gaming, and I said I don't know, fuck all about gaming. He's like, well, because I, I, I," his agency was the agency of record for Mountain Dew, okay, and they were looking to get into, into, into that. So yeah, uh, that 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 happened very quickly, and I said, look, now you gotta introduce us to the number two, three, four, and we need a female, okay, and um, they're like. Darren, there, there is no female on Twitch. Wow. I mean, I mean, like... Right. They're like, but there is this one girl, but okay. she's super small, okay. and she maybe streams to, like, 20, 30 people, but she streams League. I'm like, cool. What's her name and where's she from? And they're like, uh, she's Canadian. I'm like, great, we're Canadian. We'll go fly up to her. What's her name? Uh, her name is Pokey. I already
0: knew who it was when you when you said it, and I knew yeah. who it was, yeah.
1: And so... I remember having this conversation with her and we flew up and she, she was in her last semester of college. She uh-huh. was a bio, I think she was like a biochem major or something like that. Big brains. Uh, last semester, literally a couple months away from graduating. Right. And I remember us convincing her, Hey, look, like how seriously do you want to take this as a career? She's like, I don't know. I just really love gaming. I don't know if I can make it a career because like who has made this a career yet? No one has At that time. at that time. No, no, no right. one has. Right. And, uh, I remember us talking to her and be like, look, uh, why don't we fly you down to LA for six months? Um, Scarra has some space in his basement. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and obviously you guys know each other and, you know, to pokey scar is a legend, yeah. you know, because yeah. he's like John Madden. So she took the leap of faith. I said, look, at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, you missed it on six months, you can go back to Canada and you can graduate. Yeah. At least you tried. Yeah she obviously never be, never went back she never went back and she became the number one female on 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 twitch and you know quickly there after the success of her um uh the coordinator um that worked uh with me um at our management company uh her name is hannah also a really good friend of mine um but you know she was kind of learning the ropes as well in entertainment uh and so this was kind of her first foray but we were having a little bit of issues like um, really, I, I guess, understanding Pokey from a female perspective. Okay. So I, you know, I spoke to Hannah. I was like, look, I know that you probably have no experience doing this, but like, I think I re- we really need your help and maybe you should become the day-to-day for Pokey. Okay. Um, and she did. And not only did she became the po- day-to-day for Pokey, I remember, you know, after a couple of months of working with Pokey, um, Hannah comes to me and goes, hey, Darren, I've been looking at this this girl on on instagram i think that you could probably appreciate this um but i want to get your thoughts so she hands me her phone and i go through this instagram uh page and i was like oh she's really really cute and i was just like but you said she's a gamer because every single picture was about fitness right and i was like she's and she's like yeah she's a gamer she actually works at part time." But i really love her look i'm like hannah i love your thinking because this is exactly where i come in yes, i was right. like i know for a fact that a gamers don't look like this let alone females don't look like this right. and um her name was valkyrie yep and so we signed valkyrie and she was our number two female and then we also signed a slew of others that also became offline tv and we helped create offline tv To yeah. and now it's one of the biggest gaming content creator groups uh, out there. But yeah, that was all, the genesis of the birth of that was also through the management company that we had. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that, and also Hannah is now um, one of the s- most uh, experienced gaming agents. She's at UTA, mm-hmm. uh, Forbes 30 under 30, yeah. and she represents literally the top 1% of every female in the space. Man, it, it's so yeah. crazy
0: to hear these stories because it's like, you know, you, you think about this saying, you know, your network is your network yeah. and it's all just based off of just the people that you know, that puts you and other people in position yeah. to be who they are today. Yeah. Especially when it comes to starting, you know, something new, like new platforms, starting a new company and just being able to maneuver through those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like, and just seeing And like I said, the, the thing is, is at that time we really didn't have much competition either. Right. We were the most professional management company right. in the space, no doubt about it. Um, were there managers in gaming and esports? They were like E. They right. were the friends of the gamers who were like 15, 16-year-old, had absolutely no experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, within two and a half, well, one, within about, I think about nine months after we opened up shop of this management company, um, what had happened was um, all these brands start to come to us because there's no marketing agency no influencer uh, agency that understood gaming and how to even spend money or how to even get to the talent right, right. and we were the only, the only people in on town that, yeah. um and so we quickly uh started to get a lot of business but there was a lot of also conflict of interests right mm-hmm. um we all of a sudden were acquiring a lot of brand clients as well as we had our talent clients mm-hmm. um and for those of you guys who know the game of of, of this world, they're on opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Esports
0: sports and, and gaming, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and and the brands have their own needs and wants uh, when they spend. So I, I think within like eight months of us opening the management company, we opened up a marketing agency, okay. specifically in gaming and esports, where we can service our brand clients and then our management talent management service our, our, our talent. Right. Um, and then within two and a half years, of that. So not even three years of both these companies, uh, we had every major talent agency uh, in Hollywood um, circle us and bid for our business. So we had CAA, UTA, Gersh, Paradigm, uh, WME, everyone Everyone. spoke, everyone spoke to us uh, at that time. And there were a couple other competitors at that time. But like, once again, I would say, with confidence, we were probably a, the most professional, obviously, because me and my business partners, all serial entrepreneurs, very experienced in what we did. Um, And um, we were kind of like the only
0: option, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, when you're the only option, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, there's nowhere else to go. (laughs) So we ended up
1: uh, 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 selling both the businesses to United Talent Agency to create UTA Esports, which is now one of their most uh, flourishing and fastest-growing departments. I was told that I think they were probably the most earningest department during the pandemic. pandemic. Wow. Yeah, I can, and so I can,
0: well, I mean, at that point in time, bro, content was going. I mean, content streaming, all that stuff was, was going, going crazy, wild, okay, wild,
1: like absolutely crazy, bananas, yeah. bananas. So yeah, that that's how I got. I became a UTA executive through that acquisition. Uh, my business partners in that venture are still there to this day. They're the mm-hmm. heads of the department, and they probably they don't monopolize, but they have the majority of the top talent right. under. Right. uh, uh there as well as some of the clients that i manage right. they're also uh, with uta um and then within uh, about eight or nine months of me being at uta
0: i get a call from um faze clan ceo yeah. i knew where this was going so here yeah. we go everybody that wants to know this is the story that i know everybody wants to hear yeah the phase story so here we go yeah so the phase story
1: very interesting enough um at that time you know, FaZe had its reputation even back then. Yeah. You know, they were the bad boys of the gaming. They right. partied. They lived in Hollywood. And to be frank, um, I didn't want anything to do with FaZe Clan. Right. I, didn't, I was just like, they're, they're not for me. Yeah. You know, they're a little bit clout chase right. They're I don't know if, if like, I think there's this one video that everyone always references, and what I always reference, and I, it's still ingrained in my head, is the video of Banks going into, like, a GameStop. You know, the I know video? exactly what is, you're video you That video was the one video I was like, I never want to work with these that kids. Yeah. These kids are cringy <laughs> okay. as hell. Right. Um, but then, you know, they really dominated the Fortnite scene very yeah. early on, and um, they were the most popular. And, um, you know, I was also going through some personal things myself and I, I I kind of wanted to change a pace. So kind of like a, 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 a perfect kind of storm of timing. And, um, you know, I didn't say yes right away, obviously to Lee. Um, we actually took maybe like four or five meetings and I said to him, I am not going to your offices. Um, we're only doing this meeting on a Sunday and it has to be at night. And I, because the reason being was that, um. No, I just got acquired by UTA eight yeah. months ago. Yeah, I had a three-year contract yeah. with UTA to see the business through. Yeah, um, so breaking that contract at that time almost felt like next to impossible. Yeah, right. And 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 historically, UTA has never allowed somebody out of there. Out of there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They would rather just beach them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you know, Lee was just like, "Look," and I remember what he said too. Um, he was like, "Look, Darren." If you had a time machine um, and you can go back to year one or ground zero of, you know, the New York Yankees or Manchester United or the LA Lakers or the Dallas Cowboys, would you take that leap of faith? I'm like, damn, that's a. It he it you right. It hit me. I was end. just like, damn, I get to be on, on, on that end and, and at, you know, once again through all the success of the gamers that uh, you know I was working with and the success of our, our company, I was like, okay. That, not necessarily that I thought that FaZe Clan could to be there, but there could be an org that might reach that height, right? Mm-hmm. I remember Lee's, um, one of Lee's goals was like, we want to be on the Forbes' top most valuable sports teams. Not eSports teams, sports teams. That was
0: his goal. And Noah, and me knowing Lee, I know he meant that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that's that's, at that point, I was like, okay, make me an offer. Right. And of course, you know, that, that had happened and, and, and I was able to, uh, figure out a situation with, um, with, with UTA, um, and obviously my, my, my partners as well. And, um, in 2000 and I think this is 2019, is that four years ago, five years ago, almost Yeah. Two, early January, 2019 is when I joined FACE. Okay. Um, and I. My life changed immediately, immediately I can only imagine. immediately. I'll tell you what the, f- well, the couple of first things that I ran into when my first week on the job, I just remember like you had to understand, I think, like I said, the boys had a reputation of being rock stars, yeah. even back then, and they partied a lot. And so I just remember my first week was dealing with a situation of that world, okay. right, Of of something that that happened. Um, you know, at a party and and all that
0: kind of so stuff. So we'll just leave that right. there. We'll leave it right okay, there. I, I, yeah. I kind of know the situation. Yeah, we'll we'll leave right we'll, leave, we'll, we'll yeah. leave
1: that right there. Yeah. And I was just like, man, I was like, and this is such a different changes pace from like, you know, the the gamers that I was representing for yeah. the last you know three years.
0: The because, quiet guys that didn't say anything. Oh, they would never go out. Oh, I re- yeah.
1: I remember. Um, uh, shout out to my boy Moshalizi. He's the manager of Marshmallow, and this is when Marshmallow had just started to be a thing, right? Just and he was just uh, uh, about to blow, and uh, he was having his first ever um, headlining show, okay, um, at the Shrine here in downtown LA at USC, and um, uh, he came to us and was like, "Yo, you know, uh, Marshmallow is a big gamer. Like, he wants to invite all your clients out." And I was like, "Great." So I remember speaking like Pokey, and everyone's like, Guys, Marshmallow, he's inviting you guys out, rolling out the red carpet for you backstage. They're like, No. I'm like, What do you mean, no? They're like, we don't, we, we don't know what to do. Like, we don't do this. This is outside our element. I'm like, Guys, you need to expand your horizon. Yeah. It was pulling teeth. You know, for any other like influencer or YouTuber that I worked before those guys, that yeah. would have be been an instant, instant yes, yes so right away. Yeah. Let's do it. You know? Um, but yeah, I remember all of them at this show where I finally convinced them they were all wallflowers. It was, I, I remember one of the comments, (laughs) one of them said to me was like, Hey, Darren, is this what the cool kids do? Is this, is this what they do? This is, and, and. I was like, you guys don't have to drink, but you guys could drink. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was a really funny scenario back then because that was a whole brand new world. But you got the phase guys? Yeah. This is their lives. Oh, this is what they do. They, this is what they do, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, that that whole, you know, change of pace was interesting. And then, um, you know, funny enough, uh, so since I moved to L.A., um, as a Canadian, I always had to deal with visa issues and things of that nature and Uh the thing is I never took a vacation ever, ever, ever. I can
0: imagine because I know, you know, I know you saw a Booyah interview. I said the same thing to him, bro. Like congratulations for taking a vacation. Yeah.
1: So get, but get this. So I had, before I had left UTA to go to Faze, I had already had booked this trip to Columbia with a friend of mine and this, I was so excited for it because it was going to be my first ever vacation (laughs) vacation. in like a decade, Right. right? So I get to, I get to Columbia I'm in, in, in Medellin and Medellin and I'm taking this tram above the jungle and I get this call from Lee and, the, and mind you, I haven't even been in Colombia for 48 hours. Okay. Okay. It's like my first excursion. Right. Hey, Darren, we need you back in LA. And I'm just like, Lee, I literally just landed in Columbia yesterday. And I told you that I had this trip book before I even started with phase. What is it? Sends me a bunch of links on text. FaZe Clan Fortnite star sues FaZe Clan for horrible
0: contract. Oh, yeah, you were on that first plane. <laughs> I was just, and here,
1: what people, a lot of people don't know, and I don't even know if I'm allowed to even talk about this, but um, or what I can say, but I'll say it from my perspective. From your perspective. About from... things I, I worked on. Okay. I, won't, I won't go into other details about this, but the most heartbreaking thing, about this whole thing, and this has never been said on camera or the public. Another exclusive on the Game Recognized yeah. Game podcast, and I don't here. even know that mo- the majority of the people involved even know about this. Right? Is the first one of the first things that I did coming into Phase Clan? I said, "Give me all the the contracts. I want to see what they look like." I criticized the contracts my first week. Do you know what I had done pri- for weeks prior to going to that to that trip? Worked on a okay. new contract. Okay and it was completed it was done i i love this contract it was it is probably uh a lot of the elements of that contract are, are are still here today which none of it is unfavorable to the talent or any of that nature right in fact uh, i created with our former legal team and we called it the birthday card uh a contract why we call it the birthday card contract because i said look most youtubers and creators they don't even know how to read legal languages right. gamers
0: no no way
1: so i said we need to make this as simplistic as possible Mm -hmm. i don't want too much legal jargon in here Mm -hmm. and so every single clause had the most black and white simplest sentence about what the clause was was was, hey this paragraph is about this this and this and this it means this this and this and then the legal came afterwards right? right and it was just so heartbreaking because a we couldn't Actually I don't know why, but we didn't mention that we had a new contract. Right. That it was already being changed. Right. And um yeah, I came back to that and we were in a war room for yeah. hours. I
0: and I won't say the person's name, but I know who it is. Yeah. Um so let me ask you this, just based off of that from your perspective. Yeah, again, yeah. everything is from your perspective. Yeah, 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 not yeah, yeah, what yeah. did happen, what did yeah, yeah. happen. Very, very yeah. for all the lawyers, all is, lawyers this this out there. This is from, from my perspective. perspective. Yes. Was what that person saying from your perspective entirely accurate? And for those that follow the story, you know who we're talking about. We're not going to say the name, but.
1: All I'm saying is, um, he had procured a very creative lawyer. I'll, t- okay. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at okay, that. We'll leave it at that. And I have, okay. I, and, and, and not only that, I have tremendous respect for this lawyer as well. Okay. Um, and it's actually someone that, uh, and ended up working with in the future, actually. Okay. So um, was, was he was uh, horrible to deal with on the other the side, side of the, of the table. Right. But, you know, that's, I, I think that... That's his job. That's his job, yeah. right? And yeah. I think that, you know, he was very, very creative of how everything went down. Okay, Was there some... Inaccuracies, one thousand percent. But that wasn't the game for them. Right. It was like, who's going to win the public?
0: That, and that's what it comes down to yeah. when it when it scales that high. It's about, it's public, about the public
1: perception. Exactly, yep. exactly. So yeah, that was my first two months at phase. Wow, yeah. that's
0: that's the first thing you had to deal yeah, with yeah. that situation. Yeah, that was a,
1: a major you know, situation. And you know what? The third the third thing I worked on to cure not cure, but to essentially make. Um, a shitty situation, remarkable. Um, was I represented Nick Merckx at UTA with 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 my former business partners who are still there and right. uh, You know, I think everyone knows, knows that, about uh, that situation that, situation. that yeah. he had with his former org yeah. and um, So I, you worked on that one as well. That was that was my idea.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I exactly. was just like, we need right, we need desperately a new headline to recharge the f- the fans and get rid of all of this. Right, but also, not to mention, we should be signing another superstar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and um, you know, long story short, uh, we end up doing a deal with Nick, and uh, we announced him in the thick of that that situation. That, that situation, right. and um, it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing. Um, and obviously Nick is still with Phase Clan to this day, yeah. um, but that was the third thing that I worked right. on, and and yeah, it, the things that I worked on with
0: at, at Phase were just very quick. Man, trial through fire, For real, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this, as far as Phase is concerned. So when you first started at Phase, was it? the position that you held until you eventually left, or yeah. did you so, work your way up to that? No, so
1: I was a head of talent. Right. At that time, I, I wasn't the chief talent officer. Right. That was something that I evolved into, but it was more of a title change just okay. because we became more corporate. Yeah. But the, re- the responsibilities have always been the same since I got in, which was um, acquisition, mm-hmm. development, and career management, Okay. Uh, 360, right? Okay. So that was me and my team, and that's something that was completely unique to Phase Clan uh, I don't believe that there's any other organization in the entire world not just in North America that had in-house 360 talent management. And what that means is I know people are like oh 360, 360 you know yeah. and all that but yeah. it's not what that actually meant was that we actually serviced everything about their career both inside and outside of gaming, okay. right? It was People immediately think 360 term is this like greedy term. And for the most part, you know, in other industries, it it, it did feel like that. But for us, we were 360 management, okay. not 360 partnership, right. right? Not like a record deal, right. which meant that as management, we are capped at what we can earn on our, our talent, which yeah. was 20%, which is the industry standard, yeah. right? Um, but we worked on everything which was really important for us right and i think that a lot of people and creators now kind of adopted this thinking was because it's not enough to just be a gamer or or a single discipline right um and it was more so about how do we make sure that our talent were household names both inside and outside of gaming uh, especially for people that have no idea what gaming is or what face clan is can we build our individuals such that people can discover them even if they don't know?
0: Right, right? Right.
1: Really important. Um, and also it allows us because I identify this really early, you know, with gaming if, if you really look at the last 20, 30 years about uh, the longevity of a title of a game, right, 99.9 percent of them don't even last a year how many titles can you think of that have last 10 years F- maybe five titles yeah okay yeah. when you think about that like y- if you're just tied to a single game or a single discipline if that game falls off so do you it's not it's very similar to the whole vine situation yeah. right yeah and so that's why it, it, we weren't signing gamers we we're, were signing creators yeah right to yeah. just happen to also game right right um, so that's what our definition of 360 meant, okay. right? It was okay, very different than what a lot of people what, what people think, would yeah, think
0: like, it would mean. Yeah. Okay. So, like, what what are what were some of your like day to day things that you had to do as far as the position or title that you held at Phase?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, as the head of talent, I think that that's where, um, and I'll talk a little bit about why I left. But right. um, I wore many hats. Okay. Okay. So, um, not only was I an executive for FaZe and. Um, you know, beside Lee and beside all the other executives making um, the key decisions for the business, I was also leading the talent management department in that team, right? Um, And not only that, I also directly managed folks on my own, right? So kind of had that three jobs. And then towards kind of my uh, end, I was also um, raising up new businesses for, um for face sports oh music things of that nature um but my day-to-day wow. honestly was as corporate as it gets okay in terms of i'm on rolling calls from okay. 9 a.m to 9 p.m right um you know and then doing emails after but i really don't didn't have hours you know right. as, as a as, especially as a talent manager yeah. for those that you got guys that want to get into it you have to know that this job is one of the most thankless jobs. Yeah. It's there is no hours. Yeah. You're on twenty four seven. You're at the mercy. Of your talent, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have schedules. These are gamers. Yeah. They don't know the difference between Monday and Sunday. Correct. You know, and th- you know their hours. Uh, I yeah, mean, yeah, you, yeah. you you yeah. were one of them, yeah. right? So, yeah. so for me, it was a twenty four seven job. Yeah. You know, I would be getting calls from these guys and texts from these guys at the middle of the night because that's when they ended the stream. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so my day to day was just a lot of that. Um, it was. A, a, a true testament to how much I could persevere with this type of bandwidth. Yeah, And a lot of people don't know this, too. I'm a serial entrepreneur, so yeah. this wasn't the only thing I that was working on. on right. like I had things outside of gaming that yeah. I was also doing. So, yeah, my life was 24-7, seven days a week, 365, yeah. which is really hard why I couldn't yeah. go on vacation. Yeah.
0: yeah, you know. and every time I've ever saw you in passing, we would see each other. You were always never in one spot for more than a minute or two and yeah. you're moving on to the next thing yeah. you're moving on to the next person. Yeah. And, and like you said, man, for people that want to get involved in this, they have to understand that this is, like you said, not only thankless, but you don't have a life at all. You don't. You outside don't. Outside of the people that you manage.
1: Yeah. And, and if we were going to get super personal, I mean, like, uh, I mean, this is, for me, it was very hard to keep up with, a, 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 like, a love life and a relationship. Yeah. Where I was actually yeah. married during this time, too. Okay. So. See, Divor- I didn't know that about you. Yeah, so I was married during this time, divorced now, but I would say a part of um, the contributions to, to, to that marriage failing was my lifestyle professionally. <laughs> right. It was really, really hard to balance. Um, and like I said, um, at times, I always felt like my priorities were my clients because yeah. they always needed me. Um, but yeah, it is it is not an easy job Right. Um, it's not honestly something that could be taught in school, no. um, and like I said, the the most important thing that if you do want to get into this is be okay with a thankless job. Yeah. Uh, there's a saying of uh, talent managers out there, uh, you you might know this saying, which is we're the first one to get bitched at, last one to get thanked. Yeah, yeah. because we're always so available to the talent yeah. that it's it almost feels like it's automatic for them for us to right. be taking care of them, yeah. right? It's almost like they've been spoiled to yeah. that, to that a- point. A- exactly. Yeah. So
0: another question I have for you, um, and I know this is something that people wanna know, and I know you probably get asked this question a lot, yeah. but I have to ask it because I know that people wanna know. Yeah. As a talent evaluator, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you were the, basically the end all be all of who decided they could join FaZe. Sure. Um, what were some of the things that you look for in creators that if someone wanted to join Phase today, yeah. And you were still there. What would be something that you would look for in that? Yeah.
1: Uh, first, I, I want to say that yes, I was definitely a part of the decision making. Uh, I primarily evaluated up, up until signing, but the decision to actually sign wasn't solely me. Okay. Okay. Um, actually, the founders are very much involved. Okay. Which, um, you know, uh, as you can imagine. Um, if you know the founders, they all have very different personalities very and interests. Different. And yeah. it was very, very difficult to ever make a decision on who to sign because, you know, if one person likes something about someone, another founder may not, you know, right. and, and vice versa. Right. And, and and also, you know, from, from, from my end, it was also how do I balance the needs of what the founders are looking for, but also the needs of the business, which right. was an acrobatic thing every single time. right? Um, and so but the things that I was specifically looking for, sure. right, were based on my experiences working with talent and especially phase clan talent and not repeat some of the hardships that they went through. Right. Okay. And and so one above anything else is work ethic. Okay. Um I, I don't think that a lot of people understand in order to be successful in this, like the work ethic has to be crazy. Yeah the competition of this world yeah. is, you know, there's a new creator every second, yeah. you know, creating a channel or, or, or something. Uh, today, you know how many jobs are being lost and the yeah. first thing they're thinking about is I'm going to go and be it's a creator, yeah. you know? And there so, you and then I, I, I it's, it's funny, I even say, say this to the boys, like um, I, I, I said this to Jay Smooth uh-huh. um, two weeks ago and I, I told him, and I, I say this to a lot of my clients too. I was just like, Hey, watch the Joe Rogan segment with Mr. Beast. It's like a okay. like an eight minute clip. Okay. Um, you guys should should watch it if you haven't. But I said watch it and then call me back. Okay. And they watched it, and I asked them, "Do you believe that you do one percent of anything that Jimmy said in that in that clip?" And they all just stop, and they're just like, "Fuck!" Damn. I was just like, "You think that Mr. Beast there's some luck or or." kind of magic genie of why he's the biggest creator in the world. No, like when you look at some of the biggest creators in the world, even like in the phase ecosystem like Rug. Right. Rug's work ethic cannot be matched by anyone in the org. And there's there's not it's not it's no secret why he is where he is. Why right. Mr. Beast is where sure, he that. is. Yeah. And what I say is like if you're not willing to put in that type of effort, like don't talk to me about why you're not growing. Don't talk right. to me about oh Like, this is the the other thing that I say, too. It's like, don't blame your management. Don't blame your org. Don't blame the people around you. It starts with you, you know? And even when I sign people, I say the same thing. I was just like, don't expect me to build your career for you. This is a 50-50 relationship. I will put into this representation, this management, as much as you put it into yourself. Yeah. So that's one. Yeah. A second thing is, like I said, are they multidisciplinary, disciplinary, right? Right. It's not to say that I, we wouldn't sign people that only play one game, but do they do other things? How do they do in just chatting? How do they do in the YouTube world? Right? How do they, do they have other interests that fall outside of gaming and, and is there opportunities there? Um, And my, the, the advice I would give to you is always have other disciplines, always have other interests, you know, and um, there's so many more worlds, especially because if you're coming in from gaming, Almost every entertainment form and in every industry is touching gaming, anyways, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we can get a, a little bit into to some of that stuff about kind of the partnerships that you know I was able to uh, uh, get for some of my guys that have nothing to do with gaming, right? right. Some of the biggest brands in the yeah. world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, another thing mm-hmm. is don't be afraid to fail, and what I mean by that, especially in the gaming and streaming world, is everyone is so focus on the numbers especially right. early on right yeah. and as you know yeah being a streamer especially on twitch um there's no algorithm discovery yeah. there's none of that right yeah. it is a grind it is definitely and um i know there's a lot of people that you know would stream to like one or two or three people and i'm sure that you can have some of this advice Man. you know and and they'll just stop right and and um you know sometimes it's just retweaking a couple of things or re rethinking about how to do things but a lot of people put so much stock in the numbers right what i will say um, about some of the smartest creators and how they think about numbers don't th- don't look at the raw number itself look at the percentage okay look at because when you look at things at percentage right the numbers are
0: bigger right
1: right right when you look at When you think about I had one uh, viewer yesterday, but I have two viewers today, that's a hundred percent increase. increase. Yes, sir. You know, and when you think about it like that, that that's where it gets easier to digest. Yeah. Right. Um, I I implore people to think about it that way.
0: Okay. Yeah, man, that's that's a great way to look at it. And one thing that, you know, Chris always told me, like, you know, way back in the day. And it's one thing that I respect about him the most. Is like the main thing has always been the main thing, and no matter what was going on, he had to make sure that he got that video out, or he yeah. had to do that stream, yep. and you know that just goes to show the type of work ethic that he has, and the type of work ethic you have to have to become one of, if not probably the biggest, only COD content creator at the time. Now. Exactly, exactly, and 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 to that, I
1: mean, going back to what I was saying, and, and when we were talking with Chris when we signed him, was you know. What were his goals? What did, what did he dream of? Right, yeah. and he talked about everything. He he literally has manifested a lot of the things yeah, that yeah. you know has happened to him. You yeah. know everything from um, being signed to Face yeah. to bringing in his boys yeah. to these crazy partnerships. The yeah. one thing he the one thing I I, I remember um, he's him saying to me when we first signed. I was like, he's like Darren, there is one one goal that I really want. I want to be Forbes thirty under thirty
0: oh i love that
1: and not only was he Forbes 30 under that. 30 he was the face of the entire gaming vertical yeah. right and that was an exceptional class too ben simmons was a part of it yeah. a lot of his homies were yeah. a part of it and so for for me like that's how i i work with the people that i represent it's it starts with what you want and what are you going to put into it and then i'll put fire and more oil and all of that yes, in, in, into that but it has to start with you
0: I, I love that, yeah. you know, and that just goes to show people that think that they really want to do this. Like, if you really want to do this, you heard what the man said, like, you really have to, quote unquote, kind of kill yourself to make it. And and here's the thing. It's 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 it, it is true. Right. Yeah.
1: And and um, I'm sure now you guys have of of understood that in my experience, I've worked with every single type of entertainer you can think of athletes, music, artists, TV, film, actors, YouTubers, creators, (laughs) but the thing is, is that I will say that being a gamer slash streamer creator is by far the most challenging out of any of those. Right. And I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not putting any of those other, uh, 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 professions to say that they don't put in hard work obviously athletes do and music yeah. artists but what i will say is is that the it, it's a different type of hard work on on the gaming and streaming mm-hmm. side uh, because there's so many forces working against yeah. um creators growing yes um and not only that it's um it, it, it is every single like year or every six months there's a streamer that takes the entire thing to the next level that forces the entire community to level up. You know, this year it was Kai. Yeah. You ask any
0: streamer today,
1: bro. they they all love and hate Kai at, at the, the same, same time.
0: time. Man, Kai, like that dude, like turned the streaming world on its head. Bro. Right? And now it's like, if you're not doing Kai level content, right, people right. are just like, oh shit. So
1: every single time there's a motherfucker like Kai who just elevates this game to a next yeah. level, it <laughs> forces every single person to also do the same thing. Right? Um, And I haven't really seen anything like that, you know, in any other, you know, profession. Yeah, seriously. And you're at, you're at, you're literally at the mercy of the people that support you. Exactly. Imagine like, you know, like major game changers like Steph Curry, who completely changed the game of basketball, but imagine that happening like every three months and it's a different person. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's when you put it in those terms, bro, that's absolutely wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. So I want to get to, you know. You being the chief uh, talent officer, yep. and then now just recently yep. you decided to leave Phase. Yep. What went into you deciding to, you know, break away from Phase?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I haven't discussed this publicly at all, so right. this is all new. Um, a couple of factors, and some I, I alluded to. Um, one, my personal lifestyle started to become very unhealthy, mm-hmm. very unhealthy. Um, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've seen me travel quite a uh-huh. bit, and it, and it's uh, for a lot of people, um, and I get a lot of DMs about this, and, and, oh, what do you do? Your life looks so great, but it is exhausting. Yeah. Um, burnout is real, yeah. um, especially when you travel that much. You're not actually traveling anywhere, yeah. right? You know, I'm not sightseeing. I'm not seeing the thing. I might be in those locations, right. but... Like people have, said, have you been to this city? Yeah. Have you been here? No, because I was only there for like three, four hours doing this one thing, and then I was out. Right. Um, so that that was a contributing factor, and I saw myself, um, you know, getting very moody okay. and short, and like it was just over time, it just got to me, and I I started to feel like this is this is not who I am. Right. And a lot of it was, I I believe a part of the job that I was I was doing um but also I also felt like I was always you know like in my history the last 15 years what is the next thing mm-hmm. and I felt like I really had conquered the whole gaming streaming e, e- thing for a little bit um and I had a lot of passions and pet projects outside, outside of, of the of uh, outside mm-hmm. of phase that I felt like I wanted to put more time and effort into mm-hmm. um and of course you know I, I felt like I checked as all the boxes that I could possibly check okay. and face. You know, okay. um, being an executive, being a C-level, taking it from a startup to going public, right. which is, that was a whole oh, other yeah, story. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, um, we were scaling to a to a point where I felt like um, I wouldn't be doing my best work. Okay. You know, when there's too much too many cooks in the kitchen and and, and not to say that scaling is a bad thing, but I've always been a part of startups. You know, I love that grind. I love small teams. I love being nimble. I, I, I don't really like the red tape, you know, like I'm a person that like attacks something when I, when I, when I, when I see it and it has to be like right now. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah.
0: So you, so all this stuff, you know, surrounding phase right now, you were kind of already gone when that stuff kind of started coming, coming to the light. surface. Yeah, yeah. But from your from your perspective, a management side of the perspective, yeah. and, and I know this is gonna be a question that you may or may not answer. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll try my uh, best yeah, to yeah. see what I can answer and right. what I can't, yeah, um, it's still ongoing. Yeah. yeah, obviously it's still ongoing, but um, from your perspective, from a management standpoint, all the things that are going on right now, can you speak to some of that? What I will say is, on all sides, right.
1: doesn't matter if you're the corporate side or the founder or talent side, don't believe every single thing that's out there. Um, there is a lot of misinformation. Yeah. There's not a lot of manipulated information. Um, but at the same time, um, there is a lot of people that were actually hurt. Yeah. You know, I, I will I will say that. Hurt by um, a lot of bad actors. Um, mm-hmm. But primarily of which they don't even... They, they haven't existed in the company for several years, which yeah. that's that's another thing, too, that's kind of, like, um, disheartening to to resurface because, like I said, a, a lot of what the guys are talking about or alluding to, those individuals are not even here yeah. anymore. Yeah. But when, you know, viewers watch it, they still connect, even though they're these people, with the people that still exist. Yeah. And um, what I will say that is there's a lot of really good innocent people, both on the talent side and on the corporate side that have nothing to do, to do with, with what's, what's going wrong. on. Mm-hmm. Actually, the majority have nothing to do with what's going on. Uh, and, and I will say that that is probably um, what I, I, what I want to say is because when I read a lot of the comments, it's a oh, corporate did this corporate right. did that. And um, sure, maybe there were individuals on the corporate side right. that did, but that's not the story for everyone. There. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I just because I know that people wanted to know. So I know I have yeah, to, I, yeah, I, I yeah, have to ask sure. it while I have you here. Yeah. So switching gears a little bit. I know recently you started your own uh, talent yep. management company yep. called uh, Seculum. Correct. Is that how you, that how you pronounce it. it? Yeah. Actually, you're okay. probably the
1: first one to actually say it right the first time. Um, and a lot, if you're going to ask me where that word come from, I was,
0: you know, see, you've been
1: here before, you know what's going on. No, that's, that's what everyone (laughs) asks me when they, so saculum, I'm a history
0: buff. Okay.
1: Um, and saculum is uh, more of like a medieval term. Um, and it was the metric used to denote uh, a human lifetime. So a hundred years. Okay. Um, and so for me, it's, um, I always want to represent talent for a human lifetime. I'm not here to represent people for flash in the pan two three years. Like, as you know, yeah. I'm a builder. Yes, um, I'm a long term person, yes. and so anybody that I work with, especially talent wise, uh, we're working for your long term. Yeah, your whole. I, I, I,
0: I love that. See, I didn't yeah. know what the word meant. You know, when I did my research to figure, you know, to yeah. to talk about it. But that's that's actually pretty dope when you think about it. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about Sakeulum.
1: Yeah, so Seculum is a talent management, consulting, and also venture incubator. Okay. So traditional talent management, um, I, I still manage some of the guys at, at FaZe uh, Swag, Ronaldo, Kason, um, are all individuals that I still represent. Um, I also have, uh, like I said, a venture incubator business with um, a partner, uh, some partners of mine um, called the, their company is called The Void, okay. Um, and they have been working on um, incubating venture businesses primarily for athletes, okay. Um, but you know they want to expand into my world, so um, I'm actually doing a business. I'm, I'm hoping I can talk about this. Yeah, because I know
0: we we kind of talked about it a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: well, the thing I, I think what I can say is yeah. is that I'm doing a business with Phase Rug. Yeah. Rug has already talked about he's going to be launching a business. Yes. I don't know if he's already told his fans what it is, so okay. I'll be so we at that. I know what it is, yeah. but we won't
0: we won't talk about it yeah. out loud. But so this, or well, you can't describe what it is. So what went into you and Rug bec- um, doing this joint venture? Yeah. So
1: you know, at this time, I was still at Phase Clan, okay. and like I said, um, the things that I do with our talent is not just managing. You know, them playing video games and streaming it's okay how do i think about growing your empire mm-hmm. right um and of course you know folks like ksi and logan paul with prime and beast with the the festivals and all the, the burgers and all that kind of stuff um it, it has become a really hot topic in our industry for creator-led businesses okay and of course rug um had an always has an appetite to expand his business yeah. is once again if you guys want to know what an elite like creator looks like it's rug he's always constantly thinking about what he could do to keep himself relevant to expand his empire um and so you know this is one of those things where we had approached him seeing if he was interested um and he was like yeah of, of course so you know what void does with us is is we go through a discovery um a, a process to essentially sit down with the athlete or the celebrity or the creator and really put some science behind uh, and analyzing their entire social profiles and things of that nature to find what is the product or service or business that we're going to create using data and to find that wide spate. So um, yeah, Rugs business will be launching, I believe, in a couple of weeks. Okay, okay. Uh, so look out for that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one portion of my business right now. Okay. Uh, consulting, I've been consulting for uh, various brands, esports orgs, Um, And also consulting on a lot of kind of being on the board of gaming companies and developers um, as they're kind of always thinking about how do we get this mainstream? How do we get celebrities attached? How Mm -hmm. do we get your gamers involved? Um, But yeah, and then talent management. Same thing, 360, not all gaming, but I, you know, I have. reality uh uh reality stars i have tattoo artists i have you know other youtubers um and then i have
0: some of the face guys okay as someone who's worked in the industry for quite a number of years what would you say would be different or what are some of the differences in your company uh aside from a different talent management company talent management company excuse me
1: yeah well not to my own horn. I think my experience is, is what I'll lean into. Yes, um, there's very few people that um, that have the experience that I have across multiple entertainment verticals, um, but also always being at the forefront of them. Um, and that's where I, I live. Right. And when I work with my, my clients, they always know that they're probably going to be one of the few people that are going to be able to do some of these things. Like for example, phase rug. I don't know if you guys saw this roll out a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he was one of thirty creators um, on Instagram to uh, test out their new broadcast feature. Only thirty, including Mark Zuckerberg. Um, so when you think about how many people are on Instagram, yeah. you know, these are the types of things that I kind of will 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 help navigate for a lot of my clients to be the first, to be right. the next gen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, um, I'm really focused on 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 building empires, right? So what else are you going to be doing? You know, besides your 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 day to day? How can I expand this products? Merch, um, venture businesses, um, things of that nature. Um, even getting into investing, right? So I I I often get approached by a lot of uh, different early investing and in angel a uh, uh, seed round opportunities, and sometimes I'll bring my clients on a board, right?
0: Really expand them from just being creators to. Business moguls Yes Yeah Yeah. And that's what I And that's what I love about you You know Like I said You know The relationship that I see That you have With some of the people That you represent You know I don't personally know Rug I mean I know of him And we've been around each other And I don't personally know K-San But we've been around each other Yeah yeah But I do personally know Swag Yeah And the one thing That I always respected about you And his relationship Is you guys just have a really good Not only working relationship But you guys seem to Truly and genuinely Care about each other Swag is my brother now For life
1: I don't even consider him a client I mean this guy has been with me on my birthday. My yes. birthday is New Year's, so it's not an easy thing to attach himself, but he's been with me. We were in Miami last year. This yes. this past year, we in Mexico together. So I think it's so important to have that type of relationship as management. Uh, if you're an agent, maybe not as much. You can be more transactional, but if you're planning to be a manager, um, you have to be able to have that really close, intimate uh, say whatever the fuck, yeah. uh, with no holds bar. Yes, you sir. know, we gotta be completely transparent fight. If we have to, you yeah. know, um, it, it's gotta be that because essentially if I'm going to be, you know, almost a conciliers or an advisor to you, your, your career, we have to have that ultimate trust. Yeah. And sometimes the, the, the most, um, I guess I wouldn't say not successful, but not as successful as like the, 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 the swags of the world relationships are those that, um, see me as almost like a suit. Right. Right. Because that means that they probably not going to be as open or as transparent with me. Um, they might be yes men because they think they have to say yes to me. Um, and that's not the kind of relationship that I have with any of my clients. Like often now my clients say more, say no more than to say yes. Right. Right. Um, but I, I, love to have a more honest relationship with my, with my clients and they, and they know everything about me, and I know everything about them. Let's just say that with all the clients I've ever represented, there's probably stories that I will take to the grave that we'll never talk. Like That's how close we are to those. Right, things. yeah, yeah, you know, and, and
0: you know, some of the stories that I know, some of the stories yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? But that's just me being around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, outside of you doing, you know, what you're doing now, the, the talent management company and yep. these joint ventures, you know, I want to the, get to the point where, I, like I said, I man, I've seen you globetrotting. Yeah. And you're on the forefront of some pretty amazing things that are going to be happening not only now, but within the next five, 10, 20 years. Yeah. Let's di- discuss some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like, look, I've, I've traveled the world many times before, um, but this last trip that I just took um, really just changed everything. And I think it really just has to do with the timing and where we are in the world and what's going on and how the world is changing economically, politically, geographically, all of that. Um, um, So I I went, recently went out to the Middle East. um, And um, for a lot of you guys in entertainment or sports and entertainment, you've probably seen that they've been making some pretty heavy moves to bring entertainment into the Middle East region. Um, So I was out there for a business conference and I've been to Dubai before, I've been to Saudi, Saudi before but something about this trip was much different. And I think it was because, um, you know, I remember talking to uh, a lot of colleagues who've been to Dubai before, you know, several years ago or in the past, and they're like, yeah, but isn't there so many restrictions and this and that and blah, 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 and the, the religious and cultural uh, insens- like sensitivities and, and, and differences, and I was like, absolutely, there is that, but I don't think that it has the chokehold that it had even two three years ago right i, I remember uh being in dubai and, and uh in saudi several years ago and you know most of the women are are obviously covered today if you go to dubai you'll be lucky if you find any women covered is that
0: cr- i've never been but that's crazy and, that, and that's
1: just changed in maybe the last like two years, two years right know, exactly two years. yeah um the whole oh but do they not drink alcohol or not drink pork it's like if you're of that religion maybe not but that doesn't mean it's not available it's definitely there and it's become such a diverse place i mean um it almost feels like what la wants to be okay okay (laughs) i can see that and safer yeah Uh, but yeah it's all walks of life um and so another thing too is the amount of money that that region is investing into itself you know where every other economy around the world is going to the shitter you have these guys spending trillions of dollars building yeah. infrastructure over there, and very quick, quickly yeah. and with quality, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for those of you guys that have been to Vegas, when you guys walk the Strip, you know everything looks so beautiful. But if you go on the inside, the quality might not be there. But right. Dubai, everything is quality, everything. Okay. And there's nothing that you can't do there, um, that you can't do around the world. I mean, shit, they have an indoor skiing resort. You know, with 100-degree wow. weather, you can go skiing if you wanted wow. to. So they're building a lot of the infrastructures of entertainment. Um, um, their sports and the building arenas. Um, you know, they just uh, opened the new uh, Royal Atlantis Hotel and Resort, and they brought Beyonce there okay. to perform. Okay. It was like last month. Um but, you know, and specifically in gaming, you know, uh, the Middle East region wants to be the gaming and esports hub of the world. And Saudi is making those plays. Last year, um, they threw uh, an event called Gamers 8, and they had massive, massive prize pools. And they're doing it again this year. And it's even more massive than the previous years, mm-hmm. right? And these are prize pools that shouldn't even happen in this economy, right, but it's right, happening, right? right. And, and they're flying everybody in from around the world okay. to be a part of this. Um, and of course, you know, a lot of the uh, 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 a lot of people and in, 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 in brands and companies are thinking the same thing. You know, you, there's not a restaurant, a fashion designer, uh, a, a brand that you can't think of around the world that doesn't exist there. They okay. exists there. Right. Everything. Everything. Um, and, you know, when I look at the potential for growth um, across every region. Right. And so on the same trip, I also went to Southeast Asia, Singapore and Bangkok specifically. Um, these are the two regions that have the highest potential for growth, okay, right? Um, I read this this article uh, specifically about the um, the the industry the music industry in 2022. and there's this map um, about um, the percentage growth of each region. And the slowest was America, even though um, you know, obviously, um, America dominates entertainment. Um, the global entertainment GDP, I believe that the U.S. is about 30 or 40%. Um, when you look into the movie, TV, film industry, um, and you look at the top 100 grossing movies of the last year, 90% of them are still American. Yeah. But the one thing that's different was in the music. It was in the music industry. Um, the top 10 most successful artists uh, in the world Nine out of the ten of them were not American. Yeah. Number one was so, American. That's Taylor Swift. Right,
0: and then number two,
1: but everyone else, yeah. and and yes, the weekend and Drake were on that list, yeah. but they're Canadian. Right, shout out six. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say first, shout out to the six. Shout out to the six. They're not American,
1: uh, but everyone else was 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 international, right? And you have you know your K-pop stars, you have your Bad Bunnies and your right. J Balvins, you know, and and what that is kind of like the mi- microcosm of the rest of the entertainment industry in my eyes Mm -hmm. is that the rest of the world is finally ready to accept that entertainment primarily doesn't need to come from U S that, uh, before language barriers were obviously a big thing, but there's some fixes to that, you know, and, um, people are just ready to accept that, you know, there's going to be different types of people in the future, not coming from America. And, um, what I've also seen is that, um, you know with, with the birth of like all these social media platforms and especially TikTok, um, there's the it's almost becoming borderless, right? And and I know there's this trend, um, uh, a couple weeks back, um, of people saying, you know, type in France in Instagram and type in France in in TikTok and your search and see what happens, right? And you know, on, on Instagram, if you search Paris, France, you, you're gonna see the Eiffel Tower great photo shoots, you know, couples, whatever. You type in Paris France on TikTok, it's just protests, right? So what that means is though that the younger generation is more on TikTok than they are on Instagram. Yeah. They get to discover things that they want to discover, um how they want to discover it and more real, right? So when it comes to entertainment, um you know, I feel like kids are now watching all forms of entertainment from around the world. Um, not just from America, if they're if they're if they're American at least, um, and um, it's exposing them to so many new forms of entertainment and talent and artists, and, um, and not, only, not only that, it's I also believe that um, the current entertainment model is antiquated. Okay, and that's the biggest thing, and I don't yeah. know, I don't want to give too much of my sauce of what I'm right building. Now. We don't want, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like let's just say that I am working on attempting to disrupt this hundred year old entertainment model that has been really, I guess monopolized by some of the, you know, the biggest right. TV networks, movie studios, con- entertainment conglomerates, record labels, right. um, and, and nothing against, you know, any other people running those businesses. But, um, I do believe that we're entering a new world where, um, technology is rapidly expanding and exponentially growing in in, in crazier ways and um you know just the old way of doing things are just not it it's just out of date it's out of date
0: it's expensive yeah it is so i have to ask you this question you know seeing you know some of the things that are happening around the world you know you have all these conspiracy theorists and things of that nature do you ever get nervous trying to buck the system Yes and no at the
1: same time. Okay. Here's here's the thing. Um, I'll say y- there's always some kind of element of caution. So yeah. I'll, I'll start with the yes yeah. first, and 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 um, especially when you're dealing with you know kind of global yeah. situations, and especially with everything going on in the in, in, the, world the, in the world and the yeah. politics and how world stage is reshaping itself. Sure, obviously, I need to be very cautious about yeah. that. Um, and the different governments and things of that nature yeah. but also in my experience um, you know I, I've been in now rooms with the highest executives yeah. and, and 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 talent from around the world and, right. and and for me it's you know sometimes you know that that saying never meet your heroes yeah you yeah. know yeah and so for me I've been in rooms with some people that I've regarded as you know you know like, almost mentors to me yeah. but then talking to them in rooms i'm just like man i don't i don't know if you're as smart as i thought you were you yeah. know and not to say i'm a smart individual but i i was just like if these guys are at the top of their game and they're the they're the kings of this right and their ideas are not as fresh or not as compelling as i think they are that's where i get the oh, I need to do do this, I gotta do this, right? Because if it's not me, it's someone else, else. you know? So, um, it's a little bit of both. I move cautiously, but I'm also
0: very bullish at the same time. You have to be, you know, what do they say? Scare money don't make money, Exactly. It don't, you know, and you know, having these fresh ideas and these fresh thoughts, um, it's, it's, the word, what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's just it, it's something that I admire about you, you know. Thank you. From from afar, you know, I've known you for maybe a couple of years now, yeah. but you know, from afar I've admired, you know, who you were and and you know, being on the forefront of the things that you are trying to become. Yeah. Is it, it I admire that. You Thank know what you. I mean? And I know that recently when you were in the UAE, you, you did a speaking engagement, correct? Uh, what what was that about? It was actually about the state of esports. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um and uh
1: you know, it was right in the thick of everything going on and basically i was kind of um you know some of the points that i made or what what are some things that if you're new to the esports industry uh what to avoid okay um you know what mistakes have occurred um how do we progress forward uh, but the main topic was stability okay right because that's been a a really kind of elephant in the room for the esports industry is is this industry stable enough to survive long-term because right now it doesn't look like it right and so i talked about some of those things about what would be needed to 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 happen in order for an industry like ours to be stable um can you speak to a couple of the points that you made yeah um one especially everyone's always circling about the the esports org industry right Right. and um you know I, i actually had this um prediction almost six or seven years ago uh, this is when I had my management company uh, oh. with Pokey yeah. and all, all, mm-hmm. all of them. I was on this panel, and I was the new guy. I was the guy that knew nothing about esports and gaming, right. and I was on a panel with—I won't say who, but let's just say very prominent North American esports orgs and their okay. CEOs and founders. Okay, and they were all purists. They're all esports competitive purists, right. right? And I was the guy that said, "You guys need to pivot to your creators and your streamers." and I remember this. All of them were just like, you know nothing about our space. Fast forward a couple years later, they all adopted the same model. But what had happened was that um, they didn't have the experience to know that what they were building was already a business model that had failed in entertainment before and that failed model was what i was in which is at maker studios which was an mcn model Uh and that's exactly what esports orgs have evolved into was a re-skinned mcn okay and Mm. like i said that business model is doomed from the very beginning um another thing too was that um over the last couple of years because um you know everyone did not adopt what phase Clan did with management everyone paid for their creators to be a part of the roster right. and of course every single year it got exponentially more expensive yeah. and it made no business sense to keep signing these big creators for seven eight figures in equity um and there was no roi roi yeah well it's gone to a point now it's now a runaway train and if you probably have seen Uh, a lot of esports orgs like there hasn't been any massive signings in the last six to nine months there has been a lot of dropping right yeah just because a lot of esports orgs are being a little bit smarter about hey this is not the move and so yes the esports org has always been claiming to be talent first you know type of organization um and that definition is blurred right, right. I, I think what needs to be into stability which is what what a lot of people are now doing what i'm doing is how do you work with talent to build new things with them right. new ips and 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 this is where um you know i felt like the org started should have started this way sooner now it's too late because you know building new ip and ventures are now being done by folks on the outside like me you know what i mean and and there's there's very little trust between talent right now and or it's not just phase or whatever like every org, everywhere everywhere, right right? and so look i don't have the answers as to what exactly needs to happen all i know is that everybody in the industry needs to look at themselves in the mirror or I don't know call each other and get together and figure it out as an entire industry i'm just saying there you, go. you know that's a lot a lot of people are not talking to each other especially the esports owners yeah. who are all going through the exact same thing but no one is talking to each other about it why not get together and try to fix an industry-wide is- issue right. right um that's what i think needs to happen
0: and I, and I also think you know they think because it's like competitive and and there is a elements of being in competition with each other yeah but then you know when it comes to something on a global scale and when i say global i mean global as far as esports industry yep. itself they can sit down and talk to each other and i also think a lot of times people don't realize the difference in gaming yep. and what esports actually absolutely. is
1: absolutely and especially um
0: the non-endemics, right? right?
1: And when I went out to the UAE and speaking spoken on conference, that's exactly what the majority of the people in the crowd—they didn't know the difference, mm-hmm. right? And they would always talk about it interchangeably, and right. and and it, it's just not that. Um, the thing is, is that everyone knows that competitive esports is a very hard business, yeah. and 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 the reason being is is because a all your players and staff are salaried, so you're already in the hole. You don't actually have any ROI unless you win competitions yeah. and then you have to split it. And then, of course, again, to the topic of it's it's such an expensive risk because you just don't even know how long that title is going to last. Like, let's yeah. talk about Overwatch League, for example, and the 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 fees that some of these orgs had to pay for their slots only for it to be non-existent a couple of years later. Right. You know what I mean? So for the eSports side, like, in order in order for that to be stable there needs to be more counter-strikes there needs to be more dotas and yeah. but you can't just you just don't know if any of these games will even last bad. that long. you right. know what i mean yeah. and so if you're gonna be attempting to do an esports org it can't you can't predicate your entire business on that right you can't um and then obviously um so what was the what was the counter to that right which was you had to develop content yeah. right and build yeah. an audience there and all that kind of stuff which is still vitally important but it's not esports now yeah. talking about just kind of content, content creator and just yeah. general gaming right mm-hmm. um so you know in, in i i believe in order to have to st- like sustainability over time um you've got to get off these two models you got to evolve this because Um, The creator model has already evolved and it's already been a thing. It's like the only thing what it really is is everyone thinks this is brand new. The reality is, is no gaming and esports just got to the train station that YouTubers were already at. Yeah. Right. Or other digital creators were already at. It's just once again, we're just the big shiny new toy. So everyone thinks it's new, but it's not. Um, But like the YouTubers, they've evolved, you know, they've evolved to be business owners and doing all these other things um and and that's just the way that um you know this industry has to evolve as well um i just don't know if the major players uh, will look the same anymore like i don't know if esports orgs and i really hope that they do um will last i think esports and gaming will last but might not look like this right gaming orgs and teams need a new value proposition Mm. to talent and to their audience because what it currently is isn't doing it for either party. I understand. Yeah. So
0: so will Seculum ever be in direct competition with some of these bigger esports organizations or is it just you just going to oh, kind of stay oh, I already am for sure. Well, there, there you would, go. Yeah, I already am, but
1: here's the thing. I am um I'm in com- competition because of its current business model. Okay. Right, but if they evolve into other things, I might not be. But okay. currently, I definitely am, okay. right? Uh, uh, I'm both a competitor but I'm also the person on the other side of the table right. uh, for a lot of these a lot of these things um I will say once again um yeah especially like building new IP ventures where I know a lot of esports orgs are looking to to go P- folks like myself are already doing it on the outside okay. and I'm not taking 30 40% right. you know right. um and and similarly if 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 the talent are represented at some of the bigger talent agencies are doing some of that as well so right now what I've seen and why esports orgs are kind of a dying model is because talent don't look at esports orgs as esports orgs they look at them like brand partners yeah how much money you're gonna pay me okay based on how much you're paying me you're gonna be on this priority list of where that ranks if I have another brand that's paying me more than you guess what I'm going you are not going to be more of a priority than, right. than that and every esports orgs think that they need to be the number one priority the creator is saying why you guys you guys don't pay me as much as you know brand a does right. you know so yeah every and the way that these contracts are set up are very much like brand deals right. hey sign to us here are a bunch of deliverables we'll pay you x y and z it's right. very transactional right right you have to move off the transactional uh, business model because if not there're going to be no loyalty because their agents and managers are just yeah. going to be like, okay, well, this contract is up. Are you going to pay my client more? No, great. If not, we're shopping somewhere else. Right. And that's why um, this entire business model has failed because it got so expensive that no org can actually afford creators
0: to continue. You can't, yeah, to turn those dollars. If dollars are not coming in, and you're just turning dollars you already had, yeah. that's and that's every a sign of bankruptcy.
1: Yeah, and everyone thinks that signing talent, like if I if I sign like a a, a uh, tier S like who has millions and millions of followers. I can just add that number to the org. And all of a sudden, you know, right.
0: th- their fans are our, our fans. fans and it's not, it's not, not, it's not that yeah. at all. Yeah. I definitely understand. Yeah. That. And that's why, like, you know, like I said, when we, when I saw you a couple of weeks ago, man, like you got some things going on. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I just, yeah. and I, and I admire that. Thank you. And, uh, you're just, you're what do they call it? you're a maverick and a trailblazer.
1: Ah, uh, man, I, 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 I like to think that I try to be, right. um, You know, I, I'm just always, you know, I get bored easily too. Right. Um, I also, I think this is more of like a, a personal trauma of mine where, you know, my, my parents are, are are on the older side. They could probably be old uh, as old as could be my grandparents. Like there's a generational gap Uh and I always just felt like the relationship I had with them was, was, was challenging because we could never, um, relate to each other. Right. There's such a generational gap and they're like traditional Asian parents too. Right. Um and today it's funny because I said that if I ever had kids I'd probably be either the coolest dad or the most embarrassing dad
0: because I probably know more about what right. they're into than they do. You're right. I, I have that dynamic with my with my with both of my daughters, but more so my 15 year old. Yeah, yeah, man. Like I'm that embar- I'm the embarrassing dad. Yeah, I might know? I might be that yeah, too. I'm like I know all dad. the trends, yeah, I know all, all the lingo, stuff. all I, of that stuff. I know how they speak. You know, yeah. I
1: can speak exactly their language. Yeah. Um But you know, I've always been at the forefront. I always wanted to be in the know. I, ne- I never wanted to not know if I did have kids, what they were into, or things yeah. of that nature. And I think that's just been a part of my personality. Okay, well. The kids are always going to know what the next thing is. So any yeah. business that I always build, it's like I always look at my core customer base or audience base. It's always thirteen to twenty-four. Yeah. Always,
0: yeah, always. And I, I look at my when I look at my YouTube analytics. That's my biggest. Yeah, that's my biggest little graph. Yeah, is the thirteen to twenty-four year olds. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's another thing. Advice for your creators, D- depending on what the type of content that you are going to create even and I don't even know if I should say this parents are going to hate me but when I when I uh, even tell my creators who even have you know uh, uh, a younger fan base I always say you know create your content a little bit aged up a little bit right you know and here's and, and 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 the thing is is that if you want lifelong fans you want to get them early enough but with the content they're going to grow into okay right like you know after if you're creating you know you know barney for example right. after six years old that fan is no longer going to be fan. a fan and you have yeah. to you find the new five year, you know right. five-year-old whereas you know if you are making content for let's say 18 or to 24 year olds just know that your 13 year old is going to find that content yeah. anyways so why not start them to be fans now so you have a 10 to 15 year old fan uh long year old fan versus a two to three Right. you know, I your stint. You're
0: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Uh, that's, I, I've always primarily focused my businesses in, 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 in that, in that age range.
0: And that's why I think like for me specifically, you yeah. know, leaving call of duty, um, you know, I kind of was a little forced out just because I just didn't enjoy the game anymore. But yeah. I think specifically what I do interviewing people like yourself yeah. and the swags and the booyahs, like that's kind of where my, where my business model is yeah, as well. Cause for sure. the people that watch them, right. Is the 13 to 30 year old aspiring to do. Yeah. To aspiring be to be yeah. what they are. You of know course. what I mean? And and it's important. And like, I like, and I know I keep saying this, but you know, I'm one for somebody to give in their flowers, bro. I've got to give you your flowers. You. you know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you know, you. you're, you're inspiring to me. Can you, can you tell me like throughout your lifetime, um, as someone who inspires me, but other people that know who you are, who are some of the people that have inspired you? Ooh. Um, So,
1: my all-time favorite person that I've admired um, to this day, and actually I have a tattoo inspired by him, uh, is Robin Williams. Okay. Um, His career, um, the way that he has spoken about uh, mental health, his family, things of that nature, and all the accolades and things he's ever achieved to all the, uh, 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 you know, different roles that he has played in his career. um, That is an individual that I've always admired, like watching his interviews, how he speaks, how he's always just um, knowing that he was going through some kind of mental, uh, personal things, but turn it on, he's the funniest guy alive. You know what I mean? Um, And another thing too, which made me fall in love with him is is his role in my favorite movie ever um goodwill hunting okay and um yeah this this tattoo that i have of him uh, uh, is the last three words of the monologue that he he spoke to matt damon on the bench Okay. and those last words are your move chief um and basically it's a reminder of if i want to explore the world if i want to learn then it's 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 on me it's on me to make that move.
0: I love that and yeah. you're doing it, man. Yeah. And you're absolutely doing it. And some someone that's as, as educated as you and as well versed yeah. yeah. right, to the people that are watching this, to what is there a book that you would recommend for someone to read to maybe somebody that wants to be a little bit more business minded or that is, you know, currently trying to become an entrepreneur? Uh
1: the book is called Um, I believe it's called The Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Ooh.
0: Oh, because that's what you have to do when it comes to doing something that that people don't necessarily agree Both with a
1: great life and business. Very true. Um, it it, it um, is very therapeutic in the way to help manage emotions as well. OK, um, to really look at things from a macro level. Um, and, you know, when we go through our stresses in everyday life. Um, you know, sometimes the little things seem so big, uh, but in the grand scheme of things really they're not and so it's 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 a book to really think about where to focus your energy where you should give a fuck versus where you shouldn't give a fuck i love that
0: yeah I love that, bro. Like I said, man, you're super inspiring, and I appreciate <laughs> the time, brother. I don't yeah. know if there's anything else you want to add, tell the fans, people that know of you, or if you something you want to plug. I don't know, anything, brother.
1: I mean, I got nothing to plug, um, but I do appreciate you um, you know, having me on. This was, was fun. I, like I said, there's a lot of things I haven't been able to talk about right. in, in, in public, so I, you know, I, uh, I, I appreciate you uh, giving me that platform. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for the, the viewers watching, um you know continue to watch this because there's a lot of great you. guests that, that you, a bro. lot of gems um that you can learn um and and uh yeah keep grinding don't stop for anyone like thinking about doing it just just do it just do, just it.
0: do it i love that that's that's, you know, that's the most basic but complex thing you can say
1: and, and i'll tell you that is absolutely so true to the nth degree yeah that people think it's so cliche to say, but like most people don't realize that the hardest part is just starting. And like I said, once I started and got to a certain point in my life, I'm always just like, why didn't I start this sooner? Why do I always think that I wouldn't be able to do this? Or why did I think that the people that already did this are exponentially smarter than I am? And I'll tell you what, most of the world is not as smart as you think they
0: are. Man, and that's one thing that I've learned too is like, you know, they're not as smart as you think you are, but also like a lot of times the people that succeed the most are the people that just didn't give up.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I would always put perseverance over even knowledge, yeah. you know,
0: because um, your story and your career and just your life is yeah. perseverance. Yeah. Yours yeah. particularly. Yeah for, yeah, for
1: sure. I was not the smartest kid in school. I failed almost every class in my freshman year of, of, of college. Um, I don't even I don't even know how I graduated to be honest, um, so I was never academically you know, the best, and I sure as hell don't think that I'm the smartest person in any room, but um, it should give you confidence that you don't need to be, right, to to do the things that you want to do. I love that because yeah. experience is the best teacher. Absolutely. Yep. Experience is
0: experience. Yep. Period. Loki said that. There you go, my brother. Thank you so much for <laughs> Absolutely. The time, bro. I really appreciate you my doing man. this because I know you're super busy. You Any time and, and bless bless us with your presence. So that has been Darren Yan, um, founder of. I, I had the name in my you head. Got it. Seculum. Yes, sir. Um, talent management company, formerly a phase, globe trotter, trailblazer, just an all around great individual. We appreciate his time. If you guys haven't already done so, man, go ahead and hit that subscribe button one time. I'd appreciate it. Make sure you drop a like so we can get recommended because that's what we really need to do. Turn to those keep, noties on. Turn those noties on because we want to continue to bring you guests like him. The access to people that you would normally not be able to see. That's how we come in on a Game Recognized Game podcast. Thank you much for watch, so much for watching. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Deuces, y'all.